5. Hallelujah. Appreciate the presence of God here. God will work if we'll welcome Him. Make Him comfortable. I know, just got to learn sometimes as well, just what... What pleases him and what makes him feel that he can, you know, he'll move. He's God. He's sovereign. You know, he's God. That means you don't tell him what to do. He's he's in charge. But there are some things you can do. Well, that's kind of what we're going to preach about tonight. So first Thessalonians five, verse 16. If you have it, say amen. amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word, Lord. It's it is your way, Lord, not ours, God, that. That's going to save us and get us where we need to go. Help us to see your truth, God, and feed us with it. Put it in our hearts. Lord, put a truth in the inward parts, God, I pray, and help us to just receive it and to walk in it, God. And we'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, there's just kind of some short little just verses that are not so much related to one another. It says in verse 16, rejoice evermore. God bless you. You can be seated. That's not our text tonight, but we're just going to let you sit down because we're going to take our time as we look at a few of these. Rejoice. To have joy. To display joy. Like we were here tonight. A lot of folks, I'm sure, are very, we've seen in, in the Word of God, in Acts the second chapter, they were all there and the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost and, and really didn't take long to, then the crowd gathered round where they were mocking. Right. Amen. But you know, we're not here to impress anybody but Jesus. I know a lot of people seem like they, they find it odd, sadly because of the influence of traditions that have been built up over the years around what church ought to be. But if you read your Bible, if you read what it talks about, the words worship and praise in the Bible, there's something exciting about it. It is not just a routine that we find. A, I, I know people, they say, you're not praising God if you're not on page, you know, 135 in the hymnal and you're not re- going through all the verses of that hymnal. Worship is so much more than that. Yeah. Worship is a display of, uh, of true joy to show the worthiness. Worship comes from the idea of worthiness, that we give him glory. I know people, ah, it's not all emotionalism. I believe in that. But I worship him with my emotions and my strength and my mind. And like we said this morning, when that all comes together, great things can happen. So the the Bible tells us to rejoice evermore, to to worship and, and be excited about what God is doing in your life. Pray without ceasing. We've said this many times, uh, uh, not necessarily. I, I believe in praying throughout the day. I believe in praying when you're in your car and on the job or whenever you can whisper a prayer, whenever you can get some quality time with God. Uh, that's great. Almost to be in an attitude of prayer that you recognize you're walking with Jesus. I believe in that. Amen. But I really do believe the, the main application of these words is to really don't quit. Hold on by faith. There's so many parables Jesus gave us about just praying without ceasing. Don't get discouraged when you don't see an answer. 
Don't give up when you feel like God's not hearing you. No, I know I've said it many times. I've heard so many folks say, oh, when your prayers don't seem like they're getting past the ceiling, God can hear better than that. Ceiling tiles aren't a problem for him. Amen. Uh, roofing, he can hear through it. Amen. He, it's not, uh, uh, there's nothing there where his ear is, is hard of hearing, the Bible says. In everything. In everything. In everything. Not just in the good times. Be thankful. I know that that's not easy. This is one of those times I would, I'd kind of give you a little pass. Easier said than done isn't everything. Right? Talking is cheap. Doing is where, where it gets difficult. But in everything, give thanks. It's not necessarily saying I, I have to thank God for the problem. But while I'm going through the problem, be thankful. Find something to be thankful for. You'll be better off. Amen. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Verse 19 says, quench not the spirit. We're going to get back to that. Despise not prophesying. When the spirit of God is working and moving in the gifts of the spirit. Also, I believe that anointed preaching can many times be just directed by the spirit of God. Listen, pay attention. Don't despise it. Don't, don't fight against it. Let God teach you. Let God lead you. Verse 21, we love this. If you've been around here very long at all, you know, prove all things is not something we're worried about. Ask those questions. Amen. The Bible talks about the Bereans being noble. Just, uh, uh, you know, I I don't want this to, to, he said it in a good way, but if you really want to break that down, it's almost like he's saying there's a, there's a quality there in Berea that you don't find a lot. What did they do that other churches weren't really exhibiting to that degree? They searched the scriptures daily to see the things that he was saying were right. They dug in a little bit. They weren't like, wow, we heard Paul. That's it. No, they were like, okay, where is that? Let's look at that. Let's find the context of that. Let's pray about that. Paul, I got some questions about that. Oh, I love them. Paul loved that. Prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. That ought to be easy. You find something good, hold on to it. You find some good, good teaching, do it. Get a good Bible verse, hold on to it. Get some landmarks in your life. Get some memorials in your life. You understand what I mean by that? Just different things that have been, been said to me over the years. I don't remember specifically what it was. Does not matter? I don't want to get distracted or bore you with my own personal stories. But I know there was something I said, you know what? That right there is kind of in my foundation. Somebody said that, and I got a hold of that and said, that's going to be mine now. And and different experiences that I've had in God, I can go back to that and I say, that happened. That was real. Devil, you're a liar when you're trying to knock me off course. There's something that got established in me. Don't let go of it. I feel like some people just continually have to reinvent the wheel. It's like, oh, you know what? I wish God would do something for me. He did something for you last week. (laughs) You had an amazing experience that was unbelievable. What, what happened to that? You told everybody how God just, just worked for you and showed you some things or dealt with you or touched your life. Hold on to that. Yeah. Don't hold fast to that, which is good. Verse 22 says, abstain from all the appear, all appearance of evil. Yeah, right. I know. See, here's the problem. You know, you came here tonight. Right. So we're going to 
pack as much in as we can. <laughs> and we could take a whole service for each one of these verses. But I, I just want to take a little bit of time here, okay? But it doesn't just say stay away from evil. It said abstain from even the appearance of evil. There are some things I think it is a show of maturity, really, to be able to say not so much that I want to argue with you whether it's right or not. I just don't think it looks like it gives God glory like I could. Amen. Some things just you say, well, I, I don't think I don't think that'll send me to hell. Is it a stumbling block for somebody else? Is it something that somebody might see and say, oh, I thought they were a Christian. I have to take responsibility for that. There is some balance to that. Now, I'll just throw this in. There are some people that they, no matter what, they're going to pick you apart and find something wrong. That's the appearance of evil. Well, you know, you're going to find it whether it's there or not. Some people are like that. I've found that. And I've had many, many heartaches and headaches trying to, to be the guy that says, okay, I'll, I'll be more careful. Some people you can't be careful enough with. They are just got that. Well, you know, Jesus had his Pharisees that followed him around and Jesus wasn't good enough for them. What can I do about it? You know, if Jesus isn't holy enough for you, then that's on you. Amen. And that's the way that spirit didn't go away. Amen. There's just some people you're never, you're never going to do it right. Amen. It's always going to be something that they're saying, you know, you're well, God bless them. Anyhow. Amen. Very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. Believe in sanctification. Believe in a process where God is cleaning up our lives. That he sanctify you wholly. What is that? You're seeing that. Now, this is one of those things, if you're listening to it, you might not know. Sounds like he just wants to make us holy. But there's a W on the front of that one. So that's all of us. Every part of us. Every part of me. The whole thing. Amen. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body. Holy. Amen. Sanctified holy. Sanctified completely. Made holy. In my body and in my soul and in my spirit. Be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who will also do it. There's the blessing. All these things that we have read, God's faithful to do it in you. Amen. When I preach to you and it's challenging, and I believe that is the, the goal of the gospel, is to bring us before God and show us how awesome he is and how awesome his ways are. And it gets us to say, Whew, maybe I'll try harder, but realize, you know what I do? I need to just have more of him in me. Because your best efforts will still sell you short. But the beauty of the gospel is that he will sanctify you. He'll do the work in you. If I'm better, stronger, more sanctified today than I was a year ago or ten years ago, it's because I let God work in me. If I'm just trying to do better and it's my only my own efforts, that that generally tends to self-righteousness which produces an obnoxious person who is always comparing themselves to one another and building themselves up while putting somebody else down but when you're letting god sanctify you 
you, you give him the glory. You have nothing to boast about, and you're not in competition with anybody. You want to help them uh, get everything they can get and to see them do great, maybe even grow in some areas faster than you're growing. You get excited about that because that's just the work of Jesus in him, them. Amen? So faithful is he that calleth you and will, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. So going back to verse 19 is uh, kind of where our heart is tonight. Quench not the spirit. God's spirit, we, we understand God is one. We understand Jesus himself when he was talking about the comforter that was going to come. If you read that, he continues on and says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to, in, in some, some ways that look, that word is broken down. I'm not going to leave you alone or like an orphan. And he says, I will come to you. In another place in that same passage, he says, I am with you, but I will be in you. So he's not in us physically, but it's his spirit, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us is. And like I said earlier, when we refer to what God is doing in our lives, how he's active and working and moving and leading and guiding, it's through his spirit. Through his spirit and, and, and as we said earlier, it's not, it's not an accident that he works and moves in people's lives. See, he will, as king of kings and lord of lords, do his will. But we have the ability to be submitted to him. To be able to say, God, I'm not going to fight with you any longer. I can show you in the Bible people that just, if I was watching them, I would have said somebody like Samson, wow, what an amazing anointing, what a great man of God. But what was really going on under the surface was God saying, come on, why don't you just let me be your God? I'm, I want, you're gifted and you're, you, you've got an anointing in you, but you're fighting me every step of the way. And then all of a sudden we see Samson with his eyes plucked out and grinding at the mill of the, the Philistines. And we say, what went wrong? But God knew. You can you can fight God, or you can surrender to Him, yield to Him, and and, and see what He does. See what He does. The Bible talks about it, uh, and we we read it so often. Just something that impacted my life. It's not in my notes, but Romans the sixth chapter talks about that yielding. Romans 6, so much of this chapter, we're not going to read all of it, but it says uh, in verse 11, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead. That's a, that reckoning is kind of almost a term that's like balancing uh, the books. Looking at, at maybe uh, expenditures and, and, and income and, and reckoning. Hey, I've got something going on. I need to think about this and reckon that, wait a minute, I'm, I'm fighting battles. I'm tempted. I'm, I'm feeling my, my flesh is being pulled this way. But wait a minute, think about this. Look what was paid. Yeah, that's it. Look at what happened. Look back at the, uh, it says earlier in this chapter, at the time that you, you gave everything to Jesus and buried it. In baptism, yes, 
Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not, let not sin. Colossians has a passage that talks about putting on Christ and taking off things. It's, it's an action that we are, are performing. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as un, yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. So we have promises here. And, and you can read that maybe in your spare time, but we have promises of victory in our lives, promises of what Jesus did for us, but we have to yield to that. That doesn't mean we are, we are pulled out of a battle. We're in the middle of a battle. So we have influences. We have, have, have negative and positive influences. We have our carnal desires, our temptations, the, the enemy, the, the, the world the Bible talks about, really the culture that's around us trying to influence us. We have all these things. Uh, the Bible breaks it down into really the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we have God and his kingdom. So when God brings us into his kingdom, he, he breaks those chains all those times you were trying to be free, you fail over and over again. But when Jesus comes into the picture, he breaks those chains, but you still have to make the decisions to, to follow him. Yeah. Now you have that power to lean on him to do what you need to do. Yes, and God is in the leading business. He is the good shepherd, right? Yes. You, you ask God to lead you. He's, he's saying, I've been waiting for you to ask. I've been trying for so long. You're going to find out. You're going to realize, wow, that was you trying to get me out of trouble. That was you trying to keep me away from destroying myself. But so often, even in in a situation like like a service today in in our lives, the, the Lord tells us here in the scripture, quench not the spirit. That word quenching is like what you do to a fire that you want to put out. A bucket of water over top of a of a fire. Not a grease fire, <laughs> but uh, over top of a fire is, is going to put out that fire. Yes, sir. So the same way God is trying to guide you and lead you. Again, here is a truth that we have to recognize that a lot of people who are skeptics kind of jump on the idea that everything that happens, that's God. God's God. He's nobody tells God what to do. You can quench his spirit. Yeah, right. Christian. You have the ability to be led by the spirit and throw water on that fire. And people can sit back and say, well, if God's almighty, then why did that happen? And you didn't yield to God. And that's the way that things are in this world today. We have the ability to to be led by him or to say no. God's not going to force you. To love him, to serve him. He's better than that. You got your got a choice. He's not a dictator. People say, why does God just make everything so good? Why does he allow all these things? To rewire our will, yeah. to micromanage our brains and our desires so much that we have to follow him would make Kim Jong-un look like a, like a schoolboy as far as dictator. Yeah. Right. Right. We... He allows us to love him and serve him. And he, he won't take us to heaven against our will. Right. He's made the option of going to heaven ridiculously horrible. Yeah. But if you don't want to serve him, he's not going to make you. That's right. 
and me even as his child. I believe he'll 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 guide and lead and say and 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 really really try to get my attention. But I but God says don't quench his spirit. How many times? Let's be honest. I'm not trying to paint it as something like, like you're a horrible person. But how many times have you really felt like God's trying to, why don't you go over there and pray for them? Why don't you go over there and tell them, you know, somebody at your job, why don't you tell them just you'd love to see them in church? And you, uh, you know, uh. maybe you start singing a hymn, singing a, a praise song. You know, I'll fly away, oh, glory, leave me alone, Holy Ghost, I'm not doing it. You you can be so religious in the way that you try not to, you know, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. Don't quench the spirit. Is what the Bible says. Keep letting God lead you and guide you. How many understand that when you start letting God lead, you find out that wasn't easy stepping out of the boat, Peter. It wasn't easy getting out of my comfort zone. But wow, I'm so glad I did. Next time, it's going to be so much easier than God says, okay, go. Do, well, <laughs> It's a process we have to learn. Quench. That's why God told us this. Because we're prone to quench his spirit. A lot of negative things, you know, our own fears and insecurities are what's somebody going to think, what's somebody going to say. You know, how many times I've heard people say, it. you know, oh, but I don't want to be pushy. Well, then don't be pushy, but be be kind and do it anyway. You know, sounds so good, but you really whipped out, didn't you? I don't want to. I don't want to argue with anybody. That, don't argue. Who said argue with anybody? Tell them you're praying. For, said still reach out and be kind. I don't. I, you know, just. But but you know, some of that you learn. Some of that you 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 try, and sometimes you have to go back and say, you know, I don't know if I, I came across the best way, but my intentions were, I, I'd love you to. I'd love you to come to church. I'd love you to have what I have, you know. I'd love you to to know God like I know God. I I, I didn't have, I, I'm not where, certainly got a lot to learn. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. And so I, I know a lot of things that I've learned the hard way. But But I think God can handle our, you know, our best efforts probably still aren't divine, are they? We're still human. We still flub things up. We do. If God needed perfection, then why did Jesus pick those guys in the in the Gospels? Right? Did you do you see people just never dropping the ball when you look at Peter, James, John, Judas? So I know I know people are going to going to point at you and blame you. You're the one. Who makes me? Well, don't. I, I know some Christians are, are really bad examples, and I'm not giving any place to that at all. But recognize this: people are going to get saved in spite of us. That's right. They're going to get saved because God gets a hold of them through our meager efforts. Right. Amen. Amen. Don't don't let the devil beat you up. Keep learning. Keep growing. Keep trying harder. Try to refine and perfect. You know what God is doing in you, but. But don't quench the spirit. Don't be like the man that buried his talent. The gift that God gave him to, to use and work for the kingdom of God. He said, I'm scared I'm going to lose it. So he buried it. And um, didn't turn out too good for him. Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians 3. Quench not the spirit. 
Turn to Ephesians 3 before you just get ahead of me. I don't, I don't know that I just want to move ahead too much, but just let's get ready for it anyway. Quenching the Spirit can happen so many different ways. In order for me to know how not to quench the Spirit, I have to learn how to be sensitive to His Spirit. Sometimes people can be in the middle of church where God's moving and just be so disconnected from it. Amen. That the idea of letting God lead them is, is, is just foreign to them. Amen. You can be so disconnected. The goal is God throughout my life, throughout what I'm doing, throughout my, my, my day, God, let me be able to be sensitive to you leading me to say the right thing, to, to, to do the right thing. To not say the wrong thing. Sometimes I'm telling you, God will God'll just stop you. If you'll let him, you'll start to say something. And, you know, I, I, I've prayed. There's a psalm that talks about uh, setting a guard, setting a watch in front of my lips. God, you, if it's got to be an angel, make it a strong one. And if I start saying something stupid, God, just tell him that if it's got to be two of them. One grab the top one, two grab the bottom one if you have to. And just... Shut that mouth for me. Yeah, but they're not strong enough to do it against my will if, I, if I'm not willing. But they'll help me try. Amen. God, guard my mouth so I don't say anything that's going to disrespect you. Amen. Amen. So the Spirit of God will help you do that. When you get more sensitive. It's not uh, the, the most well-meaning people. Listen to me. The most well-intentioned people. You need the Spirit of God leading you. You can mean well, but God's going to help you say the right thing at the right time. And, and, and not say the wrong thing anytime. Because <laughs> the wrong thing, there's not a right or wrong. It's just wrong. So let God, let God lead you in that. There's times not to say anything, just to be kind. There's times, you know, the Bible talks about, uh, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, that, that talks about a, a backbiting tongue. You know, you, you, there, there's sometimes if somebody's bringing you gossip, you don't, you don't have kind words for that. Right. I'm not saying you have to be nasty, mean, and definitely don't, but there's some things you, you ought to look like, oh, you know, that's great. Yeah, oh, right. That's not Christian. Right. That's Mr. Rogers. Right. It's not a beautiful day in the neighborhood when somebody's being nasty or awful or ugly towards anybody. Right. Amen. Amen. Say, oh, you're not acting like love. Hey, I love. Amen. You need to show that. So, you know, there's the spirit of God will lead you. It's not always being nice. Amen. Sometimes it's just being godly. Well, praise God. God's so good. Let him lead you. Trust that we, we, we quoted earlier, lean not to your own understanding. Sometimes it's just, it's got to lead you out of who your personality really is and more of his personality. If you'll let him. And that's always better. All right, Ephesians. Got the green light. Verse 16. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. To have strength inside of you, in your heart, in your spirit. The, the, the real you that you can have, that the Spirit of God give you the strength you need. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. 
If Christ is in your heart, what it's really the, the goal is to not just have him down in there somewhere, but to have that manifest through your, through the fruit of the spirit, right? That they see his character, his nature, not yours. So more of him and less of me. When he dwells in our hearts by faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love. Listen to this. Mabel may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know <laughs> this is just kind of, this is the stuff that makes us stumble over our words when we're trying to testify about how great God is because even in his word to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge I want you to know it but it's the more I know it the more I say there's more to it to know something that's that's beyond knowledge to, to know where you're just saying, I, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. And somebody says, I know exactly what you mean yeah. <laughs> because it's God. Yeah, I want you to know that kind of experience that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Yeah. No matter where you are today, God wants to give you everything he can give you. That's his desire. The Bible tells us about a a good father knowing how to give good gifts. We being evil, right? We know how to, if your child asks you for a piece of bread, you don't say, hey, here's a rock. And you've, you've been born into sin, but you know how to give him bread when he needs it. You say, you know what? I could really go for some fish tonight. Oh, that's my boy. (laughs) Can you cook me some fish? Here's a snake. No, of course not. The Bible says the father knows how to give you the Holy Ghost that ask him. So it's his pleasure. But but so often we we quench the spirit. We quench the spirit. We 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 like I said, not not evil intended, but just in our own ways. Have to learn how to flow with him to let him lead, yield to him. Lord, I'm not fighting you. Now, I know there's times where where we have to prove all things. There's times it's not just just to say like I, I was sharing with someone here very recently. Just just I don't, I don't see Thomas as this bad guy. Everybody's made him out to be. Jesus didn't tell him that he was some horrible example of doubt. Amen. But he said, I want it for myself. And Jesus met him. Jesus met him right there and said, go ahead. I want you to see what everybody else has seen. And I want you to be no longer faithless, but believe. When we can say, God, fill me with the fullness. It's not so much that we don't have questions. We don't have, you know, battles. Of course we do. We, we do. But we need to be able to say, God, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to follow you. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not running from you. I'm not hiding from you. Lord, I don't want to quench your spirit. Let's bow our heads in prayer. To look at our lives and to choose to make choices that, that seek him, that Reach out to Him. That draw near to Him.
But so often we fight battles with fear, fight battles with with all kind of worry and anxiety. What if God's a good God? He's he's going to he's going to keep his hand on you if you're seeking him. He understands more than you know what battle you're fighting and he's going to be there for you. Don't don't be afraid. Those of you here today that God's God's worked in your life, God's brought healing, God's brought strength, God's answered prayers. God's filled you with his power. This verse is for you as much as for anybody else. I think sometimes people that don't understand much, God sees that. God knows they're maybe like sheep without a shepherd. But we have that ability to just kind of shush God's voice sometimes, don't we? Sometimes we have our own ways of, of just being able to, to shut our ears to the still, small voice. But He is talking. He is talking. Help us to listen. I've seen it. I've seen it so many times. People just running, hiding, fighting with God, just saying, come to me. God speaks. God talks. God knocks on their heart's door. Doesn't he? We see it there in Revelation, the third chapter. We see Jesus standing at the door and knocking. Listen, pay attention. God's going to lead you. Come on, let's find a place to pray. God's going to lead you. God's going to help you do better. Don't be satisfied where you are. Don't don't feel like you, you don't have anything to learn. Let God. Let God lead you.
to lead every one of us. Guide us in his best. So often we we just kind of push push his words aside, push his his will aside so easily. We we need to learn how to just say yes. Isn't that what we sang earlier? My soul says yes to the Lord. Hallelujah. He's doing great things. I want him to keep doing more and more in my life. Learn to say yes to him. Learn to just follow him. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for just everything you're doing, God, in this house and in our lives. God, continue to work, Lord. We just want you to lead us through this week, God. Everything that you have for us, God, open doors and help us never to quench your spirit, God. Bless each one, God. Keep us safe as we travel these roads, God, and just continue to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.